G'day guys, welcome to the first episode of the Bookworm Podcast, the podcast where I pass on some of the most useful lessons I've learned from the books I love onto you, the listener. Now you're probably thinking, Phil, why start a new show? You only average like four listens on What Radio Missed. You barely even have an audience, you stupid dickhead. Everything you're saying is definitely true, but damn, when you're this passionate about music and books, it's kind of hard to keep it all inside my soul. It's all superfluous. It's oozing out of me. Plus, in What Radio Missed, I'd always mix segments from books, and that's not what I intended for What Radio Missed. What Radio Missed is meant to be all about the La Musica. And be on the lookout for the next episode, because we're going to be discussing Donda, that new Kodak Black, but enough about that, and on to the podcast. And books have always been part of my life ever since I was a kid. I'd never forget, but when I was a kid, I had to be, what, around seven or eight years old, my brother gave me my first adult book, which was Rebound by Michael Jordan. And it was about Michael Jordan's return to the court after playing baseball for two years. I'd never forget how much that book impacted me, man, on a different level. I remember reading it and thinking, what? Michael Jordan says bad words, the Michael Jordan? Michael Jordan says, fuck. And there were so many introspective views of his life that I never knew about. It felt like I had an exclusive insight of possibly the greatest athlete of all times. Since then, I've been reading books just about every day. I used to grab books about whatever I was interested in since that day. I remember I had a huge wrestling phase, so I read the Matt and Jeff Hardy autobiography right after reading Rebound. I remember I wanted to be a pimp as a kid, so I grabbed a copy of Trick Baby by Iceberg Slim, who was a prominent pimp in the 70s and 80s, um, that era of New York. I wanted to know what John F. Kennedy was about, so I grabbed his autobiography. I can confidently say I have a genuine love for books, because just like the art of music, in a way, it was a map for a directionless kid in life. But anyways, enough about me. Let's get into the book I wanted to get into today, and that's The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by Mark Manson. Now, I do warn you that there, well, there's a lot of profanity used in this book. The title is, of course, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. So, listener's discretion is advised. Even I, even I cringe a bit whenever I say the F word, man. Now, I personally rated this book uh, 3 out of 5 stars on Goodreads, but I feel that this is a great surface-level book for any reader at any level of reading. And I'm choosing this book to share because I think it's great for the times we're in now with all the bad news we're given about COVID-19, the Taliban overtaking Afghanistan, the threat of China, and all this nonsense that's happening around us. You're probably thinking, how can I make sense of all this? Well, in all honesty, you can't. Surprise. Anyways... Every time you hear my voice in reverb, that means I'm reading apart from the book. So let's get into this book, shall we? The key to a good life is not giving a fuck about more. It's giving a fuck about less. Giving a fuck about only what is true and immediate and important. Right now, we live in an age where information is coming to us in abundance, especially negative news with tragic updates on the Taliban occupation of Afghanistan, COVID-19, the threat of China and their associated powers, as I mentioned before. The information we get, especially being in such a technological age, is so abundant that if we read all the news available to us, it could most likely take up our entire lifetimes with how much bullshit is fed to us. 
I remember I was doing my calisthenics at home and my partner was telling me about how tragic life is in Afghanistan and reading this news alone was making her sad. Of course we can help in some way by way of donations or some other means, but what good does it do other than make you sad about life? We need to see what's in our immediate control and focus on that rather than focusing on things we have no control over whatsoever. Do those studies, do that workout, control those finances, plan out your days rather than making yourself upset over things you have absolutely no control over. Any attempt to escape the negative, to avoid it or squash it or silence it, only backfires. The avoidance of suffering is a form of suffering. The avoidance of struggle is a struggle. The denial of failure is a failure. Hiding what is shameful is itself a form of shame. As much as we may hate things that are negative about ourselves, we all need to face those demons in order to better ourselves. It takes the ability to step out of yourself and look at yourself from an objective manner. Say if you get a bad performance review on your job. If you deny that negative aspect of yourself and instead blame your superiors and even your co-workers about their perception of you, that avoidance of negativity will only lead to more negativity. I experienced a bad performance review back in 2019 and you know what? They were right about it. My personal life was in shambles, but with that bad review, I knew what to work on as an employee and I eventually became a better employee and I got promoted. Here's another example. I still remember my first year out of high school. On New Year's Day, I got kicked out of home by my alcoholic stepfather. At that point, I didn't know what I was doing with my life. I was distraught, depressed, nihilistic, you name it. I admittedly spent a few months avoiding what I was going through, but I had to look at my situation objectively and start a whole new life. So what did I do? I made the sudden choice to move to Canberra. It was a difficult one, especially when you're moving to a place where you know absolutely no one, but I moved for the sole purpose to better myself, to work, to work on my passions. And sometimes we needed to take we need to take a hard look at our negative experiences and see what we can do about them rather than avoid them altogether. You can't be an important and life-changing presence for some people without also being a joke and embarrassment to others. This is true for people who live with a degree of authenticity. I guarantee you I'm a joke to a lot of people for the things that I do. See, one thing I like doing is posting the distance I've ran. There's going to be people that don't really care and keep swiping on their stories and there's going to be people that really get inspired and motivated to get fit themselves. But there's always that third scheming category of negative people that's going to make fun of you. Oh, look, Phil Abidjan taking photos all sweaty and topless and shit. What a show off. Bitch, you're damn right I'm showing off. I'm a fucking Filipino Adonis. I run with the speed of a leopard and glide through land smoother than an owl in the night sky. I'm motherfucking Phil Abidjan, bitch. But nah, I really do post that stuff to motivate others, but there's always going to be haters that see it in their own feeble-minded and hateful way. Just go on social media and look at someone you admire and you'll see how much of a joke they can be to others. Dan Andrews can be an example. I mean, I'm not saying that I admire the bloke, but right now to just about the whole of Victoria, that man is the biggest joke and embarrassment to ever walk 
on Australian soil. But imagine how his family and friends see him. He might be the biggest inspiration in the eyes of his own children and family. You really never know. Everything comes with an inherent sacrifice. Whatever makes us feel good will also inevitably make us feel bad. What we gain is also what we lose. What creates our positive experiences will define our negative experiences. That's one of the ultimate contradictions of life, right? What's something that's good that can make you feel bad? Junk food is the perfect example. I remember eating a Big Mac and I felt depressed. All that processed meat and high intake of sodium, disgusting. And what are the negative experiences that define a positive experience? Healthy foods. I eat raw, raw kale and that shit tastes like loose plastic. But hey, at least I'm getting a good dose of antioxidants. Sometimes running causes irritating shin splints and can get very exhausting. But hey, at least my mind will be clear and I'd have an improved cardiovascular system and on top of that, a banging body. Studying can be boring and monotonous, but your grades will be improved. Learning about finance can be awfully boring, but at least you'd be more financially free when you're older. If you've got a problem, chances are millions of other people have had it in the past, have it now, and are going to have it in the future. This is for my people that are going through mental health issues, man. I've got a lot of people that are probably dealing with it now and have dealt with it in the past. And I've lost some friends to it. But depression could be a killer, man. It's it's something that's unseen to the naked eye. It's not like... Uh, it, it is debilitating, but it's not like how you would have a broken arm or a broken leg. It's something that we can't see. But generally, there's a situation that makes an individual depressed, whether it be losing a loved one, dealing with financial problems, dealing with health problems, dealing with family problems, doubt or are currently dealing with a traumatic childhood. Things may seem bad, but I guarantee you there's a way out. You're just not looking through the right lens of perspective to let yourself understand that there is. I mean, it can come off as inconsiderate and a little bit shallow to say that most likely someone has dealt with the problems you're having, but it's true. I feel that in a way... We're all connected in some way, and it can be liberating in knowing that others have had or are dealing with similar issues as you. You're never truly alone in whatever you're going through. We don't always control what happens to us, but we always control how we interpret what happens to us as well as how we respond. I must admit, man, I suck at that shit sometimes. There's that quote by Niccolò Machiavelli, how we live is so different from how we ought to live. I have this automatic response where if I'm reading or writing and my partner disturbs me whilst I'm in this cosmic womb of creativity, I get really upset. I become like a spoiled little brat that gets upset when he doesn't get his way. I used to have this terrible habit of smashing my gaming control or snapping my headset whenever I'd lose online on a video game. But I'm, I've actually made a lot of progress with that side of me. I remember I used to beat my friend in Tekken online. And this only happened like two years ago. But yeah, I used to beat him online. And after a few weeks, he mastered a fighter. I forgot who it was. And I couldn't beat him. And after my third loss, I snapped my gaming headset in two. And that thing cost like 200 bucks. 
I've got a PS4 controller that rattles because whenever I used to get upset, I repetitively smashed my controller against the hard surface and now that controller has ceased to work. When you shake it, it sounds like a fucking maraca now. But now but now I know just to take it on the chin, go back to the drawing board and work on my technique. Not with just games, but in everything now. It's generally instinctive to snap at things you don't like because sometimes you have to think to yourself before you do anything stupid, would the ideal me do this? Before I go out to eat food from a takeaway joint because I'm hungry, is it really worth sacrificing my own health for this here chicken tandoori and butter chicken with rice with two chicken 65 on the side when there's already food at home? Absolutely not. We're not in control of what happens to us, but we're definitely in control of how we deal with things. Because you and I and everybody else all have differing needs and personal histories and life circumstances, we will all inevitably come to differing correct answers about what our lives mean and how they should be lived. As much as we may believe that our belief systems are paramount to everybody else, we have to understand that our beliefs are only constructed from what we've been through in life. Not everybody is going to believe in what you believe in, and that's okay. Not everybody's been what you've been through. I'd like to place an emphasis on this entire COVID-19 situation. It has caused such a high level of division between beliefs that's putting people against each other. Are you an anti-vaxxer or do you believe in vaccinations? Are you with the government or are you against the people? All in all, people are going to believe in what they believe in. It's no reason to hate another person or find it an objective fact that the people that you don't believe in are uneducated or stupid. It's just that they have a belief system that's different to yours. I myself believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior, but what does that mean to an atheist or a Muslim? We all have our own beliefs and there's nothing wrong with that. As for myself, I don't believe that gender is malleable and I don't believe a person who has the biology of a male could possibly be a female or a female could possibly be a male just out of their feelings. Am I right about it? Well, that really depends on who you ask. So that does it for the first episode of the Bookworm Podcast, guys. If you want the full experience of the book, the book is called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by Mark Manson. Probably the most easily digestible self-help book of this time. But what I really learned overall from this book is to learn about what truly matters in life. What are the things that I can take immediate control over rather than being upset about what I can't control? Are there things in my life that I pay too much attention to without it even needing any of my attention? Take some time out and t make a short intervention of yourself and think about all the wasted fucks you're giving to certain things you don't need to be giving a fuck about. Do you give too much of a fuck to certain people you shouldn't be giving a fuck about? Is there a certain thing that happened in the past that you're giving too much of a fuck about that doesn't even need the amount of attention you're giving it? Man. That made me feel really uncomfortable saying the F word so much, but I guess that's the overall concept of the book. But anyways, I appreciate you listening to the show and I hope you got something out of it that you can use for the rest of your life. This is Phil Abaharon signing off.